following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 755 of I Doubted Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly Brittany Page, everybody. We are back. It's like we're coming back from uh, what has been kind of an off routine for a few months. We started the show, what was it, seven years ago? March 11th. 2014. Okay. And we were a two podcast a week show for a very long time. And then a lot of things happened this past year. And we kind of... Um, <laughs> I think for everybody, a lot of things happened this past we year. We fell off the wagon yeah, yeah. a bit. And now we are back on. And we're going to be doing two episodes a week, releasing every Monday and Thursday is yes. what you can count on. And we're also going to be recording these episodes for YouTube, so that's really exciting too. Right, which which we want to say up front: if you're gonna if you want to watch these on YouTube, uh, which would be fantastic, they likely won't drop. I mean, they they could, depending upon how lazy I am, uh, <laughs> on Wednesday and Thursday. It, it'll more than likely be the next day. But like today, I don't have a ton going on. I'm probably going to just edit this and get it out on YouTube as well. We'll see. Yeah. But the great thing about the YouTube thing is they have chapters, so you can actually click through and see which topic you want to be. I mean, I would advise that everyone listen and watch every moment <laughs> of the the, the the abject gems that we're giving. Yes. Casting our, our pearls before the swine mm-hmm. that will be the trolls, not the regular audience. Uh, but it'll be good. It's, it's going to be a nice transition. We're going to try to do... Every single episode on YouTube, but uh, we are committing to at least every other one. Yes, so yes. if you're not, if you're watching this on YouTube right now and you're not subscribed to the podcast, we are on um, Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on... Everywhere. Everywhere that podcasts are found mm-hmm. and served. Yes. It is free to subscribe. It is. And also further, mm-hmm. this is a podcast Maybe not the video part of it, but the audio that's delivered over RSS feed is a podcast. For years, I've tried to drill into my YouTube audience that my dumb videos on YouTube are not a podcast. It's something that has very much bothered you for years. I didn't even know that I had a craw until that (laughs) stuck right in my craw. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is your opportunity to educate the masses on that very important issue, and I'm sure that it is greatly appreciated. It is, I believe, the greatest issue, the most important issue that faces us today as a nation is people understanding what a podcast is. Indeed. So 
that's that's some news that we're coming back with. We're we're back to the two episode per week, Monday and Thursday release. So look for that every week. And then we also want to say that we're doing our yearly Patreon gift. We started this last year where we do an end of the year Patreon gift for Patreon supporters. And we sent out an email asking for addresses for the people uh, on Patreon that we don't have your addresses. So if you got that message, please respond to it with your mailing address. At this point, please do not go on and put it in your profile. I mean, you you can do that and you should do but that. But also update it or send it to us. Right, but email. also send it to the, the message on Patreon so that I can add it to the Excel spreadsheet that I have going for the company that is going to mail out the magnets. Now, we haven't promoted what the magnet looks like yet. No, it's, it's going to be a surprise. Yeah. But we have sent it to a a few select people in our lives, some friends, and everyone laughs. They think it's funny. And loves it. And so we're really excited for you guys to get it. So we really want you to send us your mailing address on Patreon. This is for everyone of any tier. So some people were messaging us and saying, we we don't know if we get it based on the tier that we're in. Yeah, yeah, it's all of them. It's for everyone. It's if you are a Patreon supporter, by the end of the year, you get this end of year gift. Which leads us to, if you're yet not yet, if you're yet not, if you're not yet a Patreon supporter... Uh, jump on board, become a Patreon supporter, and you will get that um, gift. Patreon end of the year gift, which we started doing last year, and we've decided we're going to continue to uh, to do that. It's fun. It's fun to give gifts. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's the one of the funnest things. So we have another, we're doing like a housekeeping thing. What is this, announcements? Up front, I know we're doing like... I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to that. <laughs> we will get to that, but we... Uh, also do a Thanksgiving episode mm. every year. So this is important. And Thanksgiving is coming up very soon in a few weeks, which means Jesse D is starting to experience some Thanksgiving podcast stress. Some dread. We have gotten several submissions, which we very much appreciate. Too Beautiful few. submissions. Too few. Explain what the submissions are for the other side of the audience that doesn't listen or hasn't listened. Of late. Yeah. So the Thanksgiving episode is a family-friendly episode where we feature a mashup of listener-submitted voicemails and voice memos of listeners describing what they're thankful for this year. And it is profanity-free. You don't use your name. It's anonymous. And you don't thank us. (laughs) Those are pretty much the three big rules. We don't... Well, because I'm just going to have to edit that out. So it just creates more work for me. And you know... (laughs) Uh, introducing a new drop. Oh, for you. Yeah, <laughs> We're rewatching The Sopranos, in yeah, case you can't right. tell. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I don't need, uh, we know you love us. We know you appreciate us. Um, everybody ends up saying that, and we, we end up editing that out. We don't need your name. We know you, you love us and appreciate us, so just talk about what you're thankful for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do it last year. People didn't find it. They were able to dig deep enough because of the the hellscape that was COVID right. and and people having lost loved ones and so we we forewent it we <laughs> we had to forego it last year we did but not this year we're 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 insisting in fact on getting these voicemails so yes six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine and then you can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep them short, a minute and a half or so. Anyway, 
that's it. Oh, also, if you want to see an example of it, just uh, Google. You can just go to YouTube and type in Dollamore Thanksgiving. And there's a couple different examples there that we've put on YouTube. Yes. You, so. Yeah, it's always an uplifting, very positive episode that we really enjoy doing. It's nice to hear from people all around the world about you know, what, what's going on with them, what they're grateful for. It kind of puts things in perspective for everybody. So we really hope that um, everybody participates, as many people as possible. All right. On with the show. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Let's get to some listener communication before we move on to talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> this is Gary, Southwest Washington. I live in a city to just host a little get-together for everybody to come down and Sign a petition to recall our governor, Jay Inslee, because he wants mandates. Imagine that. How foolish. Also, uh, signs about unmask our kids so they can breathe, which is probably news for surgeons and surgical assistants and nurses <laughs> who wear masks all day. Yeah. Didn't know they couldn't breathe. Mm. And finally, of course, no mandates because my body, my choice, which everybody forgets when it's abortion. Why can't it be her body, her choice? What's the difference there, folks? The real thing I wanted to talk about is the media handling of the Build Back Better bill. I see Cinema and Mansion attacked, rightfully so. You know, hallelujah. They, they're intransient. They, need, they won't say what they want. They finally have, I guess, we have a proposed bill. But what I don't understand, why isn't the media asking the same question of 50 Republicans, 50, who won't even let it come to the floor for a discussion? Why do they get? A, why do they get a pass on this? Where's Mikowski? Where's Where's these uh, Collins? These you know compassionate conservatives? <laughs> they don't give a damn about the people. You know, if this was a if this bill was was McConnell's bill, it would already be passed. Nobody would be talking about it. It would he would just force it through. And of course, some of the Democrats would vote for it because it is a good bill. If it was the same bill. It would have passed for $3.5 billion, no questions asked. So why isn't the media making uh, the Republicans come and explain why they're against it? Why is it always fights of the Democrats? Oh, my God, are the progressives going to sign it? Oh, maybe they should. No, boycott. And there are 50 Republicans sitting in the Senate who won't say yes to anything that Democrats propose. Why isn't that the story? Can't we get that going? Quickly, there are some things in this I like, I and mean, I'm sad that it's not a full bill, but it is going to give help for daycare, which is a huge impediment to people working. There's a minimum corporate tax of 15%. Why not? Why have we had that already? Doesn't that make sense? You know, hello, you should at least pay 15%. I mean, Amazon paid zero last year and made billions due to COVID. A wealth tax that affects people making $400,000 a year. Hallelujah, finally. And and the last thing that I really like is a 1%, only a 1% surcharge on corporations that buy back their own stock. Remember a while back, we gave them a bunch of money. What did they do? They buy back their own stock, raises the stock price, benefits them, doesn't, be, doesn't benefit employees. That's going to raise $125 billion. Think about it. Let's get the Republicans on the carpet. Thank you. You know, there's not... Uh, that should be a slogan. I, Gary just came up with a great slogan. Think about it. I said it a little differently. Than you did. <laughs> but think. A little bit. Think. Think about it. Yeah. Th th 
I, I fully agree that the, the, the narrative that the media tries to lean into is often absolutely the wrong one because they are committed to the drama, not to solutions, not to actual reporting. It's like, and this is a little off track, but it's like CNN interviewing those suburban moms who are concerned about critical race theory being taught in their schools, even though it's not. And suburban moms are just white ladies. That's what they mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rather than interviewing the people who are like hopeful that racial justice issues are addressed yes. in school, right? So anyway, the media is absolutely complicit. They are a problem. Uh, even ones that uh, the Trump crowd would call fake news or lamestream media, liberal media outlets, CNN, they also, MSNBC to a degree, also have these problems. So Well, and we're going to get into what uh, was in the infrastructure bill that got passed and the agreement that there will be a vote on the Build Back Better Act before Thanksgiving. That's the plan. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We will see if the two Democrats, for sure the, pro- the problem is with the 50 Republicans. Absolutely. But that is expected. Uh, sorry to jump in, but uh, we really need to hold Democrats accountable. Senator Manchin and, uh, you know, hearing here from Kirsten Cinema. Hello, pores. You know. Well, and I was going to add, Gary was listing the the different things that, that he's excited about actually being in the Build Back Better bill. But we don't know where that's going to end up, right? The, um, the moderate Democrats that w- <coughs> wanted to resist voting... <coughs> Um, I'm talking about Ed Case, Josh Gottheimer, Stephanie Murphy, Kurt Schrader, and Kathleen Rice, um, who wanted to wait for a quote from the Congressional Budget Office to know how much the Build Back Better Act is actually going to cost. That's why they wanted to kind of postpone this. Which is a refrain that you've been hearing from Joe Manchin, that it's going to cost too much, it's going to cost too much. And part of what they've been saying is that it's going to be... Uh, revenue neutral because of the tax increases on the wealthiest Americans. Right. And I know you were clearing your throat there because you don't appreciate uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema being called moderate Democrats. Right. So just wanted to clarify that for the people who were confused about like, Why is, is Jesse unwell or what's happening there? <laughs> Go get a home test for COVID, um, clearing your throat guy. But we ultimately, I mean, there, there could still be changes that happen within this Build Back Better Act about what's going to be in it, what's going to be left out of it. I mean, who who knows? It's been so difficult to follow the actual negotiations with things changing last minute. And you hear this from reporters on the ground, too. Even for them, it's very hard for them to follow. There's last minute changes. So who knows? Well, it's like paid family leave is in, then it's out. Oh, now it's back in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just we don't know. So it's it's a lot of waiting. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of frustration on the part of the electorate. Absolutely. And uh, just as the media has a job to do, and they should do it better, members of Congress should also do a better job of communicating to the media, through the media, to the American people about what just is going on. Yeah. Yeah. So we will we will see the 1.75 trillion social spending bill uh, where that ends up. The plan, of course, is that they are going to vote on it by Thanksgiving. Now, I would like to say that if Democrats had gotten their act together uh, before the most recent election with like the Virginia governor's race yeah. and all of this, that um, we wouldn't have like a Governor Yunkin in Virginia, if Democrats had gotten this passed. It would have given them something to run on. 
um, you know, it, it looks good when you're able to pass bills that make a huge difference in the lives of, of everyday Americans. Yeah, for sure. And unfortunately, they, they didn't do that. And I really think that that has a lot to do about what happened there. Well, you can blame a lot of the blame when we look back. I mean, politics is always a game of looking back and, and analyzing and figuring out exactly what went wrong and why it went wrong. Um, we're going to look back and see very clearly that Chris, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin were a detriment to progress in this country. We actually have, we should, I think we have an email about just about that. Because right now in America, you, you've got, I mean, any time in America, there's multifacets to, to any, any political parties. But right now there is the, the strongest showing for progressives in the Democratic Party uh, ever. And a lot of Democrats, people who consider themselves liberal, have a little heartburn about how much power progressives progressives have. And I do consider myself a progressive. Yes, we have an email from Angie. Angie writes, AOC recently said on CNN that progressives outnumber, quote, the other Democrats in Congress, so their agenda should be the one that goes forward, be supported by the president, etc. As a moderate, the thought of spending so much money for social programs makes me twitch. I'm curious, do you have current information on what the percentages are of the total makeup of the Democratic Party, progressive versus moderate? I know the progressives are louder, but are they really the majority of the party. There's a lot of talk about how the Republican Party is no longer Republican, but it sure does feel like the Democratic Party has morphed into something else, which I find frightening. Thanks. Angie in Tyler, Texas. I know. Gomert land. So embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Louis Gomert, seriously, maybe the dumbest member of Congress. Very scary that he used to be a judge. Ooh. So, so let me say this. <laughs> let me say this, Angie. Um... One, I think words like moderate are a little nebulous. You consider yourself a moderate. What exactly does that mean? I wish you would have been a little bit more exp uh, uh, explaining in the email about exactly what is frightening about social programs. And as far as the percentage is concerned, I think that's less important than the American people are overwhelmingly in support of the, the 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 certain programs in the build the, the original build back better the 3.5 trillion dollars the 350 billion dollars a year over the course of 10 years the, the the programs that were outlined in that are overwhelmingly popular in America well, by and, Americans and in fact they weren't um progressive plans i mean they they, they are but they they're biden's plans. they were biden's plans. i mean it's biden's and biden is no progressive. Yes, yes. And based on um, Angie's question there related to the, the numbers, uh, if we look at the Congressional Progressive Caucus, you have 95 members of the House and one senator in the uh, Congressional Progressive Caucus. That would be Bernie Sanders, I assume. Yes. So I, I hope that those numbers answer yeah. Angie's question there about the, the makeup of the party. So... Well, there's 435 members, rough, almost half of them are Republicans. And then, so that leaves the other, the other half. So there is a, a sizable portion, a sizable percentage of, of members who consider themselves progressive. But again, the labels, all of that is less important than what the American people are standing behind relative to policy. And also, and I'm talking to you, Angie, if you're watching, like certainly if you're listening, when, when the ta child tax credit money was going out, and I think it still is on a monthly basis. And we said that we'd be able to cut child poverty in half with this. In nearly half. That 
by virtue of how it works, money and spending means that we, if we spent a little bit more, we could eliminate child poverty. So I don't understand, and I'm not shitting on you. I'm not grilling you. <laughs> but what what would get in? What would make you twitch? I think is the word that you used. Mm-hmm. What would make you twitch about wanting to uh, a group of of, of 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 members of Congress eliminating child poverty? I grew up what I would consider desperately poor. Brittany grew up poor. We I know what it's like to not have enough to eat. I know what it's like to to eat the government cheese in the giant brick that I clumsily cut into giant slices with lettuce and mustard, and that was it. That sounds like a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Even as a kid, I'm like, ugh, this is not great. <laughs> so if we could eliminate that from being a thing, yeah. we're the richest, most wealthy nation on the planet. Why would we not do that? Why would that make someone twitch? I don't see any extraneous spending in the Build Back Better bill. The original, the $3.5 trillion, $350 billion a year over the course of 10 years. And I say it that way because people, they they get, they like you said, they get twitchy over the number. Mm-hmm. But it's three. We, if we talked about defense that way, we would say the $7.35 trillion defense bill. Because... Our military is like $730 billion per year mm-hmm. we spend. In peacetime, we spend that. Yeah. we That doesn't make anybody twitch. Right. Well, anyway. in, in the original um, Build Back Better bill, the child tax credit was going to be extended through 2025. And because of people like Joe Manchin um, protesting that we were creating an entitlement right. culture... Uh, that has been scaled back to just another year, and I believe there's also going to be an income cap on it. Um, so I, I also share your perspective, Jesse, in that I wish Angie would have provided more information because when it comes to this idea of spending so much money, it really is just about our priorities as a nation. And we already spend a lot of money. And I think it's about looking at like, where are we spending that money? Yeah. Is it tax cuts for the rich? Is it uh, defense budgets? I mean, where is it that we're spending so much money and what can be done to maybe shuffle those priorities to a place where we're actually making people's lives easier? Let's talk about that for a second. The fact that Amazon, there's been many, many, three years ago, four years ago, I think three years ago, a list was produced of 91 of the largest companies in America who paid little to no tax, Amazon being one of them. Zero income tax. Mm-hmm. A, a a wildly wealthy and successful company in America did not contribute a dime. John Deere, which is a multi-billion dollar company, they not only didn't pay, they got hundreds of millions of dollars in a tax refund. That is a priority because by losing that tax revenue, that's effectively spending money. If you do, if you allow Amazon to not pay taxes, that's money you're, that you would have gotten in in revenue that you could have spent on child poverty that you don't have anymore. It's something we need to to reevaluate because our companies have it good in America. We don't have the highest effective tax rate. The fact that Gary from Washington is saying. 
What's wrong with a 15% income tax for the wealthiest companies in America? 15%. It's just, it's insane. It is irresponsible. And it is, it is um, abusive to the, to the, I don't want to say the least among us, but the most desperate in America. It's disgusting. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Well, and one of the things that, I mean, for me, has always been one of the most appealing aspects of the Democratic Party was was my hope that the majority of the people within that party advocated for improving people's lives and yeah. focused on human issues. And as we're seeing with the Re- Republican Party, they don't really have a lot of policy issues that they're focusing on right now. It's just a giant culture war about a made-up, manufactured concern about yeah. critical race theory that isn't even being taught in, in schools. They're just labeling any kind of racial issue, critical race theory, and making it to be this this terrible thing. So you have these culture war ideas in the Republican Party. What is going to be the alternative for the Democratic Party? They need to be doing good. They need to be improving the lives of Americans in order to appeal to people and say, hey, people in government are here and they're helping to improve your lives through policy. It's making a difference. Like, vote for us. You see what we're doing? Vote <laughs> vote for what we're doing. I mean, that's yeah. that's what we need to be doing here. And um, I mean, it, hopefully, fingers crossed that uh, by Thanksgiving, we're going to have a, a bill that's passed. But we'll see. And we'll, we'll get into that because the, the progressives, some of them, six of them, voted against the infrastructure bill. And Jesse and I have mixed feelings about that. I know members of the audience have mixed feelings about that. So we'll get to that when we talk more about infrastructure. But we do appreciate that email from Angie. Uh, absolutely. I mean, listen, a, a reasonable conversation can be had. Differences can be worked out. Um, I, I believe Angie uh, loves her country. I, I mean, wants the best for everybody. Uh, sometimes it's just defining terms to get to the bottom of exactly where we stand. Uh, next up, Matt, also in Texas. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. Uh, this is Matt from Texas, uh, a fellow liberal cuck. <laughs> and I've been meaning to call for goddamn years now. And uh, my wife and I listen to you guys regularly. Um, we're uh, patrons and all that shit. Uh, anyway, um, uh, the, the, so many things to talk about. Uh, I'm just really frustrated today. I mistakenly got on uh, Ted Cruz's uh, Facebook page and oh, saw no. some of the bullshit he was pushing, and it just it, it, it fucking drives me up the goddamn wall. Uh, all the fucking bullshit that he pushes, the critical race theory. He's got some black guy who happens to agree with him that he's promoting on his bill uh, on his Facebook page that, that is arguing against critical race theory. And it just, it, it fucking drives me up the wall, man. I, I'm so, I get so frustrated and so angry that this asshole is still senator in Texas. And, you know, uh, I, I joke around with my wife and myself about, you know what, if Marjorie Taylor Greene can fucking, uh, uh, was she a congressperson? I don't think she's a senator. Um, if she can do it and Matt Gates and all these other fucking morons can do it, Lauren Boebert, I can fucking run, I could destroy Ted Cruz in a debate. But anyway, um, 
uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, if uh, I've really had any cohesive thoughts here, but <clears throat> this fucking guy is, 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 is a piece of work. And uh, a motherfucker couldn't defend his own fucking wife against fucking bitch Donald Trump. And, you know. Shameful. No way in fucking hell he gives a shit about Texas in general. Um, anyway, uh, you know, uh, I fucking love you guys. I've been listening to you guys for, for, since 2017, 2016, awesome. 2017, somewhere in there. And, uh, I just fucking love you guys so much. And, uh, I'll do the, the obligatory Britney's the best part. But Jesse, I love your fucking ass. I wish you lived in Texas and moved that out. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, y'all have a good, uh, uh, a week this week and, and, uh, you know, <laughs> so many more things I could talk about. Anyway, um, y'all have a good week and, uh, appreciate y'all so much. It's a, it's a highlight of my week. Oh, cut off my good Brittany's the best part. We will, we, will, we will drop the obligatory. Wait, cut off in the middle of the compliments? I know, right? I, we, there was more compliments to be had, I he think. He didn't get cut off talking about what, a, what a, a douche canoe Ted Cruz is. Yeah. But only when he starts loving on us a little bit. I mean... Fucking Google, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> or it's just a three-minute limit. One of the two. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe we will find our way to Texas to do some sort of live event, which is something we've wanted to do. And actually, before the pandemic happened, we were going to North Carolina to do um, a live event. And we were asked to speak at a conference there. And we've had people email from time to time and say, you know, I would love if you guys came to Arizona or came here and did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's something we would definitely want to do in the future. And maybe you and Jesse will end up best friends. Who knows? Who knows? You never know. <laughs> Let me say this. Listen, it's not that you don't have like a cohesive point or whatever turn of phrase you used. Frustration in the political system today is absolutely a valid sentiment to, to want to express. Um, and for me, it is very frustrating when it's the whatever the culture war du jour is. You know, they traded in the war on Christmas. Apparently that they the, the, the war has been won or it's been lost or something because they don't talk about it much anymore. But we do hear about um, you know, and then also like the the the, the 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 flag and the anthem, all that stuff is not really as important anymore. The new one is critical race theory, mm -hmm. and it is an inability to lead, a lack of ideas. There's no policy prescription on how to make American lives better. All it is is how can we whip our followers into a frenzy over lies and conspiracy, mm -hmm. chaos and division. Which is what the those other things were that you're referencing. The war on Christmas, talking about like yeah. the anthem and the flag and kneeling and all that stuff. That's all that is, is whipping up the base, whipping yeah. up the racist base. And it, the same thing is happening again with critical race theory. Absolutely. And like you said earlier, the media helps. I saw that that uh, video that you were referencing with CNN where they're interviewing these, these white Virginia suburban, suburban moms. Suburban moms. And asking them, like, they switched their vote. They Two of them or three of them maybe had voted for Biden. And then they voted for um, Youngkin in the Virginia governor's race, who was the critical race theory guy. He was going to ban it on the first day. Did he do that? Uh, 
it's not being taught, so there's nothing to ban. Yeah, uh, complicated. But um, <laughs> the the media is helping with this because yeah. they're why are they sitting down with these like four Virginia moms? Why aren't they sitting down with people who just dumb dumbs are like outraged that this fake conspiracy uh, that that's going around with critical race theory? It's not even critical. It's race like theory. sitting down with someone to say, "What are your thoughts about 9/11 being an inside job?" We don't need to hear from those people. It didn't happen. It wasn't an inside job. It's a conspiracy. It's a lie. You don't sit and give a bunch of space and a bunch of time to something that is not happening. It's fake. Whether they think it's real or not, it's not. It's verifiable that it's not. It's, it's, you, you can, you can test the theory to know that it's not being taught in elementary schools. A high level law school, um, curriculum. Is not being taught in third grade in Virginia. Dum-dums. Anyway, if you would like to sound off, you would like to call, get your opinion on the record, ask us a question. We'd love to amplify your voice. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Moving on. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Fire for Effect. Fire for Effect. David Y. David Y. Lego Heart. Lego Heart. L. Loveless. L. Loveless. Ray J. Ray J. Ray J. Yeah. Wow. Um, Sorry, I read it that way because I was getting confused. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ray J. Everything's fine. Francisco C. Francisco C. Brandon M. Brandon M. Christopher S. Christopher S. Roger K. Roger K. Rhonda W. Rhonda W. Cam. Cam. Kelly D. Kelly D. And then someone who didn't put a... It's blank, right? Yeah, first or last <laughs> name. Like, So I guess you don't want us to read any or, kind of name. Or our, our newest Patreon... Silence. There you go. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, everybody. We would like to thank our Patreon supporters who increased their pledges. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to show... Sh- shout out? We're going to shout out <laughs> Kelly D. Kelly D. Kelly D. Thank you so much for more than doubling the pledge. Fantastic. Fire for effect. Fire... Fire for Effect is new and... Yes, immediately turned around and more than doubled the pledge. Like they thought better of the idea. They did. Uh, John B. John B. John B. More than doubled the pledge. Unbelievable. Uh, Joshua P. Joshua P. Joshua P. Very engaged with the show. Uh, More than doubled the pledge on Patreon. Fantastic. Jack S. Jack S. Elfman. Oh, Elfman. Yeah, Washington he, he Elfman. He sent he sends us the uh, elves. He makes the handmade elves. Very cool. Um, doubled the pledge. Thank you so much, Jack. Longtime listener. We also have early adopter of the program. Uncle Blasto. Oh. <laughs> 
Uncle Blasto. Uncle Blasto doubled the pledge. That is great. Very nice. And then we also want to give a shout out to Sean L. Doubled the pledge. Sean L. Long time listener. Like one of the one of the listeners from the beginning. Oh, yeah, Sean yeah. L. And a uh, long time supporter of the show. So very much thank you to all of you who have supported us on Patreon. We'd love to see Sean on a Patreon call. We haven't seen him in a long time. Yes. Remember, we do those at the end of the month on the last Saturday. Remember that because Thanksgiving is this month, we're moving it to a different Saturday. So it's going to be November 20th, not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. That is if you are in the specific tier for the Zoom Hangouts every month on Patreon. Yeah. And remember to please respond to that email that I sent out to all Patreon supporters for whom we did not have an address and Give us the address. So we can send your yearly Patreon gift. Yes. And also, tell us what you're thankful for this year. Yes. Once again, 657-464-7609. And email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit.dollamore.com. Tell us what you're thankful for this year so we can include it in our annual Thanksgiving episode. We've done many, many of them. Yeah. We just skipped last year. We did. So anyway, we love you guys. Thank you for all of your support. You mean the world to us. We appreciate you. Moving on. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I want this to be a lesson because it was a lesson for me. Hmm. I'm always wanting to to model good behavior, as it were, and to have us not hold people up on a pedestal when they don't deserve it. Was was Aaron Rodgers on a pedestal for you? Absolutely. Really? Had a lot of respect for the guy. Why? Was a fan. Not only of his play, he I know he's just always come across, and maybe it was just a media-created, um, uh, you know, public relations-created kind of an image for him, but he he always seemed just like a good guy with a good heart and, hmm. and, and smart and uh, funny and uh, caring about people, and maybe that's not the case because he lied. He Early on, he lied about being uh, vaccinated used a bunch of wiggle language, and now he has COVID. It's found out that he wasn't vaccinated and that he was, his talk about being immunized, again. Was it like a long-term, he used the phrase long-term immunization protocol that he later calls in the clip homeopathy. Right. So So who knows what he was doing? So he's, he's, he's now has COVID, was playing with players on the field, not vaccinated, putting them at risk. He just he's always put himself out there as like a, a venerable leader on the team, hmm. obviously being the the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And um he's he's lost a lot of points in my book. So no longer on the pedestal. And I by the way, I don't actually have a book. It's not like there's points in the book. It sounds but... like you have a point book. <laughs> And I think he lost some points out of the point book. I don't know anything about him because, as we know, I don't um, care about sports and sporting activities. Sporting so. activities. So anyway, we've got some clips. He went on uh, a, a sports podcast 
And it was a bizarre occasion. What is it the called? It's thing. called the Pat McAfee Show. Pat McAfee Show. And yeah. and I don't know if that's McAfee or McAfee, but um, it was very bizarre. Like he, he went on this like 17 minute diatribe without a critical question, without pushback, without follow up at all. Oh, it was and over 20 minutes. When they finally went to ask, hey, I've got, I want to ask you on that point. He goes, no, I, let me finish this. Let me finish my filibuster. No questions. And the guy was like, oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. It was Ugh. it was very strange. Well, is he a journalist or is he a fanboy? Well, Which is he? I don't know that he's a journalist. Well, I don't know who he is. He has a serious XM like sports show, so I'm assuming it's well, entertainment. There, there's, there's certainly a tinge of journalism. He's doing reporting, is he not? You would think. Um... Yeah, maybe yeah. not. Maybe I, not. I don't listen to a show. I never heard of him I, until this. Yeah, I mean, I can't really speak to it because I have no idea who he is. But um, apparently, it, it maybe it is just like an entertainment show. He did have um, an Aaron Rodgers sports memorabilia item. Yeah, <laughs> on his desk. Maybe not. Maybe you can not. tell how much I know about sports. Um, so, so here's the deal: when when he gives his excuses, yeah, about the woke mob. Yeah, when he gives his excuses, and in the first thirty seconds, it's like. Everything he memorized before going on air, woke mob, um, cancel culture coffin, nails in the... Like, it just... He it, listened to, like, a Barry Wise podcast right. and, like, a Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, oh, he, he, talks he went about deep Joe Rogan. in the intellectual dark web oh, before yeah. he made this appearance. So here, here's here's a few clips. Listen, this if you're not into sports like, like Brittany Page, you're still... This has to do with the culture and the time we live right now. With COVID. That these people are using nonsense arguments, acting as though they have rock-solid logic under their belt, making excuses for not taking care of their teammates, not taking care of their neighbors, not taking care of their friends and family, endangering the people around them. I would add to that that he's doing classic anti-vax behavior here. And one of the classic Mm -hmm. anti-vax things that happens is anti-vax people will say that they're not anti-vax, and then proceed to right. give you a 20-minute diatribe, which he does, about why vaccines are bad. Like he, he at first tries to claim that he has an allergy to an ingredient in the MRA, mRNA vaccines. Right. And that's why he didn't get vaccinated. And then he says he didn't take the Johnson & Johnson one because of the issue uh, with the blood clots and all of that. So vaccine... Blood clot, uh, vaccine allergy, blood clots. That was the original well, reason. he mentions the allergy one time, and then it just right. falls away as an excuse And at then all. it becomes fertility. Right. It becomes what's best for his body. It becomes he got COVID being around people who were uh, vaccinated because they carry the virus. It became all of these buzzwords that anti-vax people use. So he can say he's not anti-vax all he wants. He just gave a 20-minute lecture yeah. As someone who's anti-vax. Well, he's 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 anti he's not anti-vax just like Tucker Carlson's not a racist. I mean, Tucker Carlson says he's not a white supremacist, but then talks like a white supremacist. You know, if it if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck or whatever the stupid saying is, <laughs> they're they're goddamn ducks. Here's the first clip. The floor is yours, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> uh, thank you, buddy. Um Good water, good water drink. It's going to be a I, real, I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. So before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture uh, casket, I think I'd like to set the record straight on so many of the uh, blatant lies that are out there about myself right now. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to tell my side of the story on here. 
first of all, I didn't lie in the initial press conference. Uh, during that time, it was a very, uh, you know, witch hunt uh, that was going on across the league where everybody in the media was so concerned about who was vaccinated and who wasn't and what that meant and who was being selfish and who would talk about it and what it meant if they said it's a personal decision. They should, shouldn't have to disclose their own uh, medical information or whatnot. And at the time, my plan was to say that I've been immunized. Um, it wasn't uh, some sort of ruse or lie, it was the truth. And I'll get into the whole immunization in, in a second. But uh, had there been a follow-up to my statement that I've been immunized, I would have responded <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, with this. I would have <laughs> said, look, um, I'm not uh, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther. Um, I, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me. I marched to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed, you know, group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. And for me, it involved a lot of study in the off-season, much like the study I put into Host and Jeopardy or the weekly study I put into playing in the game. I put a lot of time and energy and research and met with a lot of different people in the medical field to get the most information about the vaccines before making a decision. And in actuality, it was pretty easy in the beginning to eliminate two of them. And it didn't involve going into the questionable history of some of their uh, criminal activities and fraud cases or any of that stuff. Huh. It was simply the fact that I have uh, an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccines. So on the CDC's own website, it says, should you have an allergy to any of the ingredients, you should not get one of the mRNA vaccines. So those two were out already. So my only option was Johnson & Johnson. At this time, in the early spring, I had heard of multiple people who had had adverse events around getting the J&J. Nothing that was no deaths or anything, but just some really difficult uh, times and physical uh, uh, abnormalities around uh, the J&J shot. And then in mid-April, the J&J shot got pulled for clotting issues, if you remember that, right? Yeah, we all remember that, Aaron Rodgers. And I remember it was like five people, five women... In fact, it wasn't even affecting men, as far as I believe. And um, all of this, all, I wrote him down as he said him. Crosshairs of the woke mob. The final nail in his canceled culture casket. Oh, God. Witch hunt. I forgot that he broke out witch hunt. Witch hunt, yes. Blaming the media. Of course, demonizing the media. Well, they didn't ask the right follow-up question about my misleading statement. If they'd asked me to, to clarify my misleading statement, my lie, I would have clarified it. And then again, woke culture and criminal activity and fraud case. This weird, nebulous indictment of we don't really know who. But it, all of this falls in line with what you hear from anti-vax ding-dongs. All mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Every single thing. And it, it should be noted, if you're listening, you didn't see what he's wearing. He's wearing a shirt with Doc Holliday. <laughs> uh, the, 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 what's the actor's name? 
who was Val Um, Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Val Kilmer played Doc Holliday in Tombstone. Mm -hmm. Doc Holliday, who famously died of a respiratory disease. And Val Kilmer, who who now is actually immunocompromised because of being um, going through cancer treatments. Very, uh, very strange choice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the Melania. I don't care. I don't really care. Do you on a shirt? Effectively. Well, and let's also say that the um, the J and J pause is no longer in effect. Um, the CDC again recommended the use of the J and J vaccine after a pause. Um, yeah. That the potential benefits outweigh any potential risks of the vaccine. So, again, for him to uh, talk about like the fraud with vaccines, and you hear the little buzzwords that he keeps using. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. if it was just an allergy, he would stop at allergy. Right. It, that would be it. And this was just a few minutes. It's in you you heard him right take a drink of the water this is how it starts like that was just a few minutes in he talks about the allergy up front but then it starts getting into all these other concerns that he has about bodily autonomy and fertility and these things that are that are not legitimate concerns and uh sowing discord and sowing uh disinformation on this show unchallenged for over 20 minutes my desire to immunize myself was what was best for my body and that's why this is so important to me um my medical team advised me that the danger i'd be in to get of an adverse event was greater than the risk of getting covid and recovering so i made a decision that was in the best interest of my body you know i don't not telling somebody to not get vaccinated or to get vaccinated i think you should do what's in the best interest of your body if you're scared of of, uh, of COVID or if you have uh, comorbidities, then getting vaxxed is probably in your best option. But if you have immunocompromised system or if you have pre-existing conditions, then make the decision that's in your best interest. And that's what I did. I made the decision that was in my best interest. So here's the deal. This is the classic anti-vax, anti-mask, which by the way, he also whined. I don't know if we have the clip in here. He's also whining about wearing a mask. But he's using language like scared of COVID. If you're mm-hmm. scared of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then um, my body, well, it, you know, it was determined for me that the risk, and this this, this might be true. I, I don't know. Right. That they said, well, it would probably be, you're in shape, you're young, the risk of this versus this. That completely takes out of the equation and does not talk about the risk to others he might come in contact with, passing the virus to them, them contract the disease and die from it. It's just a lack of concern, a lack of empathy, a lack of humanity toward people he may come in contact with, not even his teammates. He goes to the grocery store like normal people. He interacts with members of the public, too. Well, and that's the problem, too, because because of his anti-vax views, he makes comments throughout the 20 minute diatribe that um, show that he doesn't actually understand how vaccination works. I mean, despite his 500 pages of research that he submitted to the NFL. But he says he did. Um, one of the things that he said that there was a propaganda narrative that the unvaxxed right. are the most dangerous in the world. So he believes that that's a propaganda narrative. He said that there was a shame based environment to get people vaccinated, including having people who are unvaccinated wear masks. And he also said wear a yellow wristband he at one point um, discusses. Right, right. I mean, it's 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 adjacent to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. Wearing like the Star of David on her on her shirt 
and equating this to the Holocaust. It's 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 nearing there. And he also says uh, at one point that it's, quote, pretty evident I tested positive being around a vaccinated individual because that's the majority of people I spent a time around. <laughs> Completely not based on anything uh, like factual, I- I'm assuming, because uh, he's unvaccinated. Uh, is his fiance unvaccinated? Did they share the same views or did she go get the vaccine? Are, right, are right. your friends all vaccinated? The people that you you see on a regular basis? I mean, to say that he got it from someone who's vaccinated is, again, an anti-vax talking point to try to make it out that the vaccines do nothing. And that's well, it, what he tried to do the whole time is, yeah, in effect, they do nothing. It also um, it, it, it goes in line with that shedding the virus narrative. Right. That that is how people are getting it is from vaccinated people. Right. When there is no live virus in the mRNA vaccines. There, there is nothing to shed. Ugh. Anyway, we got one last clip here. Everybody has their own story and their own issues and, and their own reasons for doing things. But this shaming cancel society, that is wrong. And I made a choice that was in my best interest. You might respect it. You might hate it. But I bet you the same people that hate it are the same people that are really going to hate the fact that I'm 48 hours in and I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, (laughs) after he got COVID. Uh. And I've been doing a lot of the stuff that he recommended in his podcasts and, you know, on the phone to me. And I'm going to have the best immunity possible now based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel that people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity. And I'm thankful for people like Joe stepping up and using their voice. I'm thankful for my medical squad um, and I'm thankful for all the love and support I've gotten, but I've been taking monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C and DHEQ, and I feel pretty incredible. I just, I do not know how this happened. No, I do like, not no, know. No. Let, let me clear it up, y'all. Let me clear it up for you. I consulted the best and the brightest minds in America, Joe Rogan, noted science enthusiast, Joe Rogan, I consulted. And that's supposed to make everybody feel better that Aaron Rodgers got a hold of Joe Rogan, the fear factor guy. Yeah. I mean, again, I... (laughs) It, it's really difficult because you have um, Aaron Rodgers saying that he, like, you know, did all this research, submitted 500 pages of research about vaccine efficacy to the NFL, trying to dispute the guidelines that they were giving to him. Then he's calling Joe Rogan. I mean, I don't know what his qualifications are to assess um, vaccine research. You, you mean... Is it like hosting Jeopardy that he thinks gives him the qualifications for assessing vaccine research? I don't know. I, I look to see if he has like a science degree and he doesn't have a degree. Well, and, th- and that's not to shit on him. Like this is true of everybody, right? Unless that is your area of expertise, yes. unless you are trained in that field, you are unfortunately forced to depend on the perspective and consensus of experts in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I use the word consensus, I'm even talking about like maybe one off studies that show this or that or this within the medical realm. That 
isn't necessarily instructive. You're also looking for consensus of findings among studies. So he can pull out a study here and there and say that it represents his view. Okay, good. You found one. Um, But is that what the consensus shows? It's like with climate change. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that point? Because I feel like I cut you off. Sorry. No, no, no. Well, I was jumping in when you were talking too. It just... It is. It's the consensus that is the most important thing. If mm-hmm. if you've got you know five five thousand scientists and forty five hundred of them agree with one particular viewpoint, and you've got this errant five hundred others, you go with where the consensus is because that's what that's where the preponderance of the evidence and the study and the research and the data point. Right. And if this wasn't an anti-vax diatribe or an attempt to spread misinformation, he would have gone on this show and said, I had an allergy to the vaccine. I can't take it. I I couldn't take it. I was doing a, quote, long-term immunization protocol with homeopathy people. (laughs) And, um, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said I was vaccinated because in like, you know, I wasn't. Uh, And then it should have stopped there. But instead, he had 20 minutes to yeah. float all of these conspiracies. And after 700,000 Americans have died of COVID, um, he's able to say that people are going to be so mad. Again, another Rogan line of how well he's doing two days into his yeah, COVID-19 yeah, yeah. illness. You know, I I don't know where this comes from, this impulse to like think that everyone wishes that you were dead or something to prove a point. The whole point of people trying to get people vaccinated or to wear masks is to prevent death. Yeah. That's all. And so, good. I'm glad that you have the money, Aaron Rodgers. I'm glad that you have the privilege and the money and the power and the status to be able to get the best treatments, all of the treatments, right? Throw the kitchen sink at it, just like Joe Rogan. Uh, Good for you. I'm I'm glad that that's happening for you. But what a disappointment that you go on a show and talk for 20 minutes and don't acknowledge that aspect of it. The the almost 800,000 Americans who have died and millions worldwide while you're insulated in your rich guy cocoon, not looking out for those around you. And I'm not just talking about your millionaire teammates, regular everyday Americans that you may come in contact with while you could be inf- infecting them. It's just disgusting and it's gross. Well, and it's what we always talk about on this show in terms of like using your platform. Like you said, he was looked to as someone who had strong leadership yeah. skills or, or whatever. Um, this is not what leadership looks like. Not at all. Um, and, and leadership would look like taking ownership of intentionally misleading people about your vaccination status and also just not like spreading misinformation that, yeah. that you have about the vaccine. Absolutely. We'd love to know what you think about this, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Let's talk about the infrastructure bill that just passed. Um, Like Brittany said, we're both kind of on the fence. I'm certainly ambivalent about if it hadn't passed. I don't know that I would have been too worked up about it. And the fact that it did pass, I'm also not super worked up. Overall, I do think it's a win. I do think that there is a definite need to get uh, the crumbling infrastructure in our country taken care of. Um, Remember, it was infrastructure week, week after 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 week week in the Trump administration. Yes. And finally, we do have an infrastructure week and a bill has been passed. President Biden said himself, infrastructure week is finally here and it's a big legislative victory for the White House, but the work is only halfway done. The motion is adopted. 
Just before midnight, after months of delays and deliberation, House Democrats and 13 Republicans passed the bipartisan $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Our success on the infrastructure bill is a tribute to President Biden. Finally, Infrastructure Week. I'm so happy to say that. On Friday, President Biden pushed back a planned trip to Delaware and, according to the White House, instead spent the night working the phones, helping broker a deal that promised progressive Democrats a vote on the larger, nearly $2 trillion social spending plan if they agreed to support the bipartisan transportation bill. I feel that we need to trust the president. This is what he said he would do. And I think he'll deliver on it. In remarks to reporters today, the president called the measure transformative. I don't think it's an exaggeration to suggest that we took a monumental step forward as a nation. The bill provides money for fixing roads, highways and rail lines, but also funds other measures like expanding broadband Internet access, replacing unsafe lead pipes and providing charging stations for electric vehicles. Well, they'll see the effects of the bill, this bill probably starting within the next uh, two to three months as we get things shovels and grounds. Now the White House has to dig in and try to get dissenting Democrats to support what it calls social infrastructure or the Build Back Better plan. The commitment that was made last night is we're going to get it through the House before Thanksgiving, and I believe we will do that. That bill so far has no Republican support. Republicans need to hold firm against the next move by Pelosi and Biden as they work to dramatically increase the size, scale, and scope of the federal government. But before hopping on Marine One for his delayed Delaware departure, President Biden sounded optimistic. I feel confident that we will have enough votes to pass the Build Back Better plan. What gives you that confidence? Me. Now, even if Democrats can overcome their differences and get that Build Back Better plan passed in the House before Thanksgiving, it's not over. It still has to go to the Senate, which is very likely to make changes, and then back again to the House for a final vote. Jamie? A lot of work still to be done. Christina Ruffini, thank you. And that's what we talked about after Gary's voicemail in the beginning of the show related to continued changes that may happen in the Build Back Better because, uh, you know, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema actually on Friday uh, did not commit that they will vote for the social safety bill. And this is part of the reason that six Democrats voted against the infrastructure bill. You had Jamal Bowman of New York, Cori Bush, AOC, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib. They all voted against the infrastructure bill. And part of that being because the, the whole thing that progressives have been fighting for this whole time is that both need to be passed together. A lack of trust on the part of moderate Democrats to do the right thing and actually pass this much needed social spending bill. Yeah, well listen, there there is reason to be skeptical about the trustworthiness of uh Kirsten Cinema. Hello, pores. And Joe Manchin. <laughs> there there are, there's real reason to not be trustworthy because on its face they haven't good g- given uh, good reason as to why they don't support the bill. And I love that they're calling it a social infrastructure bill. It, that is spot on messaging because that's what it is if we're able to listen a lot of late in life troubles are our rates of incarceration uh adult poverty in this country could be dealt with by how we fund programs in early life for children if if it's if it's a paid family leave or daycare 
on through where community college is free. These are not programs that are what the, the, the idiots say, that they just increase the size, scale, and scope of the federal government. If we can eliminate childhood poverty, but the only reason you don't want to do it is because the government might be big. You, your, your, your priority is wrong. Your focus is wrong. Your concern is, is, is misplaced. You're, you're, you're still revering Ronald Reagan, who loved welfare, just not for human beings, only for corporations, only for, for, for the wealthy. That's where we should give our social dollars, not to people who desperately, desperately need it. Well, and we should also say that 13 Republicans voted for the infrastructure bill in the House. Um, So just want to add that in there. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. That is something. Yeah. Um, And I I want to... They're being called out. They're being called out by the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene Mm -hmm. for Biden's, what she call it, the... uh, I've got the tweet right here. She called it the... uh, These are the 13 Republicans who handed over their voting cards to Nancy Pelosi... To pass, and this just shows, just read a goddamn book, to pass Joe Biden's communist takeover of America via so-called infrastructure. Mm-hmm. What, what are you even talking about? Right. So. I mean, the, the, the interstate highway system was put in place by a Republican. Mm. It, is having highways communist? That, that What are you? Read a book! It's all about buzzwords for the culture war. Ah, communism, um, socialism. But like I said, the, the House liberals, they did not get a commitment from Senate Democrats that they're going to vote for the social safety net bill yeah. um, after the CBO weighs in. So they did not get that commitment. And uh, according to reporting from the Washington Post, Joe Manchin has previously told CNN that he has concerns about how the bill's tax policy is set up, immigration policies, a Medicare expansion, and some of its renewable energy protocols. So um, he says, if you resolve all of those, you should be able to come to an agreement. Right. So again, this is this is not a done deal still. And that's why the progressives did not vote to support the infrastructure, because it was not moving forward with the deal. Now, you have the leader of the progressive caucus, um, Jayapal, who said that they trust Biden to deliver on this promise yeah. and get support from Joe Manchin cinema in order to ensure that this gets passed, um, you know, by Thanksgiving. So I'm, I'm unconvinced. I mean, that's really, that's, that's where the rubber hits the road right now. That's where we stand is whether or not Joe Manchin and Kirsten cinema, whether or not they can even be trusted because if their word is worth nothing, then why are they there? What good are they other than giving us the majority? But if we're not getting anything done anyway, then who cares if we have the majority? Yes. So um, there's another issue, which is the fiscal cliff that's coming in December. And so this needs to get passed before oh, the debt ceiling. Though. we're in another um, yeah, yeah. situation with the debt ceiling in December. So the hope is that uh, even though they have missed many deadlines in this process, that the Democrats can ensure that Thanksgiving is not another deadline that they miss. Don't self-sabotage. For because, the love listen, of God, please. Let, let, let's, let's, let's just put this on the table. If this doesn't get done... I don't know that passing the infrastructure bill is going to be enough to carry Democrats to continue to have the majority 
after the midterms. And if we've got a divided government, if we've got Joe Biden in the White House and Mitch McConnell once again in the Senate as the majority leader, we are donezo. Because uh, David Bra- Stephen Breyer is going to die or retire. And then, no, we don't get another Supreme Court pick. Then it's going to be a 6-2 Supreme Court because they're not going to fill it. It's, go- it's going to be an existential crisis if we don't maintain majorities. And the way we maintain majorities is to show the things that we have accomplished as a party. You know, let's also say for Angie's sake, going back to Angie's email, um, in case someone like Angie, uh, someone who holds the same views as Angie, is concerned about how the infrastructure bill, for example, is going to be paid for, um, it's a five-year spending package, and they're going to pay for it by tapping uh, $210 billion in unspent COVID-19 relief aid and $53 billion in unemployment insurance aid that some states have halted. Uh, and then they're going to draw from like smaller pots of money like petroleum reserve sales and uh, spectrum auctions yeah. for 5G services. So when you think about like how are these things paid for, um, I think that that gives you a little glimpse into how like things can be paid for. <laughs> well, also, l- l- let's let's talk about that. I, I mean, if you own a house and you say, well, oh, I don't want to be saddled with all this debt uh, every month, I'm going to have to pay. to to pay for a house? Ah, that's too much. $2,500 every single month? Certain things cost money. Mm -hmm. And we want to better and enrich the lives of our people? It costs money. Yeah. You don't say, oh, that's that's too much. I'm not going to pay rent or mortgage because that's just too much money to spend. Mm -hmm. Having a workable society that's equitable for all costs some money. There is a certain... um, expense to it mm-hmm. anyway yeah we'd love to know what you think about all this 657-464-7609 of course you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to i doubt it at dollamore.com as i write down the time that i'm saying the number so i can put the thing on the screen <laughs> uh moving on very briefly i want to talk about tucker carlson well maybe maybe tucker carlson should be our asshole of today It's the asshole of today. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. You spoiled it. I was so I was so eager to say. You it. spoiled it and you took my job. <laughs> wow. Um I think I'm on the way out here everybody. So so, so go ahead in, intro this because it is uh I mean he he has been my foil for a while. I have I I I I have a seething hatred, we could say I guess. Well, for racism, for bigotry, and he is the embodiment of that in America. And he's he's taken it the next step further to just be anti-democracy. Yeah, well, he has created a documentary, is what they're calling it. <laughs> um, a documentary that is going to be on Fox Nation, which is, of course, the streaming oh, service. It's their subscription service. Yeah, the, um, the, the, B, the, B, uh, the B team. B team over With there. Tommy Laren. Is it the B team? I mean, it may be lower, actually, like... Are they like D-list celebrity, Fox celebrities over there? Yeah, I mean, you have to sign up online. It just seems, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I think it's called, is it called Patriot Purge? I think oh, is, that is it. I think that's what the documentary is called, yeah, Patriot yeah, yeah. Purge. And 
essentially, he's suggesting that the insurrection that took place on January 6th was a false flag. Yeah. Uh, let's play the trailer. Listen to this ominous insanity that is just chock full. PolitiFact came out and they did a thing where it's just this is lie after lie after lie after lie. Yeah. Here it is. Shock and awe. Sound familiar? It means that some of the same veterans who kicked in doors to find Al-Qaeda terrorists are now having their doors kicked in by the same government that sent them to risk their lives in Iraq and Afghanistan. Facial recognition software online sentiment analysis tools, old-fashioned snitching. All of the Orwellian methods employed by the surveillance state in the war on terror now used to track down and purge American war veterans, law enforcement officers, and any journalists who asked the wrong question. <laughs> Listen, if you took part in the insurrection on January 6th, the attempted overthrow of the United States government, the failed coup, the attempted overturning of a free and fair American election, you don't get immunity because you were a, a, a soldier or you were a Marine mm -hmm. or you served in uniform. You don't get immunity because you were a cop. W what else are we to give them uh, just carte blanche immunity for? Murder? Uh, what What else? Oh, well, they, well, they're kicking down his door. He didn't pay his taxes for 10 years. He was a soldier who fought bravely. He can't be punished. It just, it makes no sense whatsoever. And that's apart from all of the lies that are contained within the stupid uh, documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a documentary. Doc the doc yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh my God. The documentary. Yes. So Liz Cheney was on Fox News Sunday. With Chris Wallace. And I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about Chris Wallace's nonsense here too, because, well, we'll just play the clip. We'll talk about it on the other side. 40 years and and you know there were always divisions and we always argued about policy what strikes me that's different now and not just now but in recent years is we argue over facts we argue over the truth congresswoman cheney there is talk now talk that January 6th was a false flag operation that it was a case of liberals in the deep state setting up conservatives and Trump supporters. Is there any truth to that? None at all. You know, it's the same kind of thing that you hear from people who say that 9-11 was an inside job, for example. It is, um, it, it's, it's un-American uh, to be spreading those kinds of lies, uh, and they are lies. And, and we have an obligation that goes beyond partisanship uh, and, and an obligation that we share, Democrats and Republicans together, to make sure that we understand every single piece of the facts about uh, what happened that day uh, and to make sure the people who did it are held accountable. Um, and uh, to call it a false flag operation to spread those kinds of lies is really dangerous. So he, here's my critique, my criticism of, of um, Chris Wallace. One, listen, he doesn't always get it wrong. Sometimes he gets it right. Sometimes he's decent at what he does. Mm -hmm. But he's completely obscuring the fact that now there, now there's this talk about it being a false flag operation, Congress Liberal Cheney. Right. Yeah, your network is promulgating these lies and conspiracy theories. Tucker Carlson, your colleague, Chris Wallace. Yeah. But he completely conveniently ignores that and just acts like it's this talk in the ether 
Well, and it seems like he has an ethical and journalistic duty yes. to say that this thing that uh, Liz Cheney just called dangerous is going to be aired on Fox Nation yeah, and he- that Fox News is choosing to uh, air something that Liz Cheney is calling dangerous. Yeah, because Dan McAfee or Brett McAfee or whoever McAfee, the sports host Oh, Pat. Guy, Pat McAfee. He might not be a journalist. Maybe. Chris Wallace is. Chris Wallace has made a career as a journalist. Yes. He can't hide behind, I got my Aaron Rodgers memorabilia here. (laughs) He's actually a journalist. He's on the news side of Fox News. So there is a responsibility there. Yeah. Anyway, this too, we would love to know how you feel. 657-464-7609. The number. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thank you, guys. We're going to end it there. We do want to hear from you. We want your Thanksgiving submissions. Yes. Please, if you're a patron, email us or or reply on the Patreon message uh, what your address is so we can get you the end of the year Patreon gift. You're going to love it. And if you're not yet a Patreon supporter, go to uh, patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast. <laughs> Yeah. And sign up and you will also get that gift. And let me clarify, if you do sign up on Patreon by the end of the year um, and you put your address on there, you don't need to send me a message with your address. Uh, I will, you know, track who's who's new and coming on by the end of the year and yes. I will get the address on my own. But for those of you and there's many who do not have their address on Patreon, I emailed every single person that we do not have an address for and requested it. So if you did get that message, please respond to it. Don't worry about going and updating it in your profile. Just respond to the message and I will add you to the mailing list. And we are going to leave you there. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page. That's me. I'm Jesse Dollimore. And this has been I Doubt.